Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Tampa Suites, Waco Northeast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Tampa Suites, Waco Northeast. When you plan your trip to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco, book your stay at the Tampa Suites, Waco Northeast. Remember that the Texas Sports Hall of Fame has great events such as the annual induction banquet, the annual Bob Lilly golf tournament, and occasionally Lone Star luncheons. Learn more at the Hall of Fame's official website, tshof.org. That's tshof.org. You can also follow the Texas Sports Hall of Fame on its social media profiles on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. My name is Jackson Michael, and this episode is an oral history of the beginnings of high school football in the state of Texas, featuring two grandchildren of James Perkins Richardson, the man who brought high school football to Texas. James Perkins Richardson organized the Lone Star State's first high school football team at Ball High School in Galveston in the late 1800s. This is a wealth of history that you won't find anywhere else as we interview Jim and Valerie Richardson, the grandchildren of James Perkins Richardson. James Perkins Richardson earned his undergraduate degree at Yale in the early 1890s. His first job after he graduated was teaching at Ball High School in Galveston. Richardson soon decided to start a football team at the school. That Ball High School football team was the first high school football team in the state of Texas. Grandchildren Jim and Valerie Richardson stated that they didn't know of their grandfather's involvement in bringing high school football to Texas until they were contacted by author Mike Bynum, who was writing a book called King Football. The family later found out the reason why their grandfather decided to bring the game to Galveston Ball High School. When Mike Bynum, the author of King Football, called me, and asked me if I was aware that Grandfather had done that. Uh, I had the scrapbooks, but I wasn't even aware of it, quite honestly. Until he came out, I I mean, he flew out here the next day um, when I told him I had these scrapbooks. But I wasn't even aware of it, quite honestly. I, I always thought of Grandfather as a teacher, but never as a fan or participant in football. We did find out why he did this, which I thought was very, very interesting. He came to Texas coming from Yale University and uh, and getting his doctorate in uh, Kansas. That we, we Texans, in his eyes, didn't exactly do teamwork and business work and things that he thought they should be doing. Well, that's, that's true, yeah. And so he's, he decided that this is the reason why he put these football teams together, to show them how to work together. 
in high school and then carry that on for the rest of their lives. And I just thought that was the most interesting thing, a reason why he did that. Yeah, that is really interesting because now a lot of the selling of football and getting uh, young people involved is, you know, the character lessons that that they gain from it. And that is interesting that that's what the original objective was, bringing it. We have it in writing. I mean, and one, one, I think he was writing to his sister about this. So, um, So we know that that's what that, the whole idea was. Yeah, well, he, he was he was always a big proponent of of teamwork anywhere, really. I mean, even in in school, he got and, and he he worked in plays and even wrote a book, and a lot of it was about teamwork. So he, that was one of his primary interests, I know. As the very first high school football team in Texas. James Perkins Richardson needed to be creative in finding games for the team to play. There were two other local football teams in Galveston, and both had full-grown men playing for their teams. Remarkably, we're about to hear how Galveston Ball High School played against two major colleges. Richardson himself even suited up in the games, playing for Galveston High in his 20s. Knowing James Perkins Richardson's background and how Yale was one of the first colleges to play football, I thought Richardson likely played at Yale and asked Jim and Valerie Richardson about it. Did he play football then at Yale? No, that's the funny part about all this. (laughs) But he did play. (laughs) He played the uh, quarterback for for the high school team. He was only 27 or 26. I'm very 20, 26. Matter of fact, is I'm looking at a an article about football players and the teams that uh, the three teams that played in Galveston were the YMCA team, the Ball High School team, and a team called the Rugby's. Uh, <laughs> boy, what a difference in ages and weights and everything. We were laughing about that so hard. Those poor oh. little high school boys. <laughs> they were about underweight by 50 to 100 pounds. <laughs> um, uh, they were giving the weights. The, 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 one of the high school boys who was the center was 17 years old, and he's pretty hefty because he 171 pounds and at six feet six. I mean, at, at five feet six. Uh, but most of the the guys on that team were, I guess the oldest one was a guy by the name of Hoslin, who was a classmate of grandfather at Yale. Uh, but they both played on that team, and he was 20, what did he say? He was 27, and grandfather was 26. Everybody else ranged in age from 14 to 19. So they were kind of guiding the uh, the high school students um, by actually playing on the team. Right, they were. And and one of the one of the teams they played was Texas A and M, and the other yeah. one was the University of Texas. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and what what can you tell us about the Texas A and M game? 
Uh, all I know is that I have in here that scrapbook there where they set a date to play the game. Uh, but it wasn't called Texas A&M. It's just called the Agricultural College at Bryan. So make make your guess. You know. Yes. Okay. Um, you mentioned they played against Texas as well. Do you, do you have a record of that game at all? Or, or what, what do you know about that? There was a reference in one of these articles to having played Texas, but I, right off the bat, I couldn't tell you exactly the date or when it, where it took place. I do know that it happened uh, because I had seen a reference to the to the game or to the fact that they were going to play the game. They hadn't played them quite yet at that point. Some of the guys on the the rugby team, uh, the, the majority of them were, well, they were formed in Galveston. It was a, a local Galveston team. And they were formed up of, of stevedores and, and dock workers. So they were grown men and not kids. So you can imagine the, the brutality of that game. And they didn't have pads and all that stuff then. Do you know where the games were, were played at, where the inner city games? Obviously, we're, we're talking long before football stadiums were built. Right. They were played in, a, in, in an area near Galveston called the Denver Survey. Uh, don't ask me why all that, but it, that's a numerous numerous references are made to playing at the Denver Survey. I don't know where that is in Galveston or where it was, if it still is, but that's that's where all the games that I have ever seen reference to were played. Now, did they travel to Bryan to play A&M or, or to Austin to play uh, Texas? I think Texas played them in Galveston. Well, but I, I, th- I was kind of looking at it right here, and they yeah. he, they played the University of Texas twice. Oh, did they? and 1896. The Denver survey was possibly a subdivision of Galveston that originally consisted of 24 lots. There are also records of a Denver resurvey. According to a 2011 City of Galveston neighborhood plan document, that area is currently known as the Denver Court Fort Crockett area of Galveston. It is possible that the football games were played on land in that section that was undeveloped in the 1890s. I found one article in the October 4th 1895 edition of the Galveston Daily News that stated there was a Denver park and there was also a Denver Resurvey Athletic Association that planned to have fields available for both football and baseball. A September 15th, 1895 article from the Galveston Daily News stated that earlier games had been played on a field given to the three local football teams by the Denver Resurvey Company. Those teams included Ball High School. I was also able to find more information 
about the games against Texas A&M via historical issues of the Galveston Daily News. I also perhaps found more information about the games against Texas from the university's official record book. Ball High School played Texas A&M at Bryan in 1894. The Aggies won that game 14-6. Ball High School and Texas A&M played each other again at Bryan in 1896. And that game was recorded as a scoreless tie and was the only game that Texas A&M didn't win that year. University of Texas official records show UT playing a team referred to as Galveston in both 1895 and 1896. And the Longhorns won both of those games. Since the records only state Galveston, however, it's not possible to tell if those games are the ones against Ball High School or another Galveston-based team, but it does line up with Jim and Valerie Richardson's account of Ball High School playing the University of Texas in 1895 and 1896. Before that, however, in 1892, Galveston Ball High School played what is thought to be the very first game in Texas high school football history. Ball High School challenged the rugbies for which were pretty well. There were young men then. I mean, like 28 and 27s and 28s of the whole team. And they challenged them to the game. And this this game, they said, by accounts of the 1892 game, they had a huge crowd. No. But it doesn't say how much. <laughs> yeah, well. It says the game apparently drew quite a crowd in the language of the day, excited a degree of attention sufficient to draw to the scene of contest a large concourse of people, according to the Christmas Day edition. So actually, that first game did draw that much attention. Wow, and that that likely could have been the very first high school football game in the state. Uh, It it probably was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. When we return, more stories about the founder of the first high school football team in Texas, James Perkins Richardson, and the birthplace of Texas high school football, Ball High School in Galveston, on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Town Place Suites, Waco Northeast. When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Town Place Suites Waco Northeast, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll also enjoy the Town Place Suites free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you come to Waco, Make the Town Place Suites Waco Northeast your home base on the road. Welcome back to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by Town Place Suites Waco Northeast. 
1893, three Galveston teams, Ball High School, the Rugby's, and the YMCA team were referred to as the Galveston League in the Galveston Daily News. The Rugby's were also sometimes referred to as the Santa Fe Boys because the team was mostly comprised of employees of the Santa Fe Railroad. The 1893 Ball High School football roster listed 16 players, 14 of them students. There were two adults on the team, including James Perkins Richardson, who was also listed as the team captain. The Richardson family owned scrapbooks which contained various items related to the birth of high school football in Texas. One piece noticed by author Mike Bynum is a response to a letter Richardson wrote to the 19th century's foremost authority on football. He found a telegram. My grandfather, our grandfather, had written to a friend of his at Yale asking him to clarify some rules. And the friend wrote him back or telegraphed him back. I'm not sure which. I can't remember now. I think it was writing, but anyway, and responded about all these rules. Uh, Mike was thrilled because the gentleman who answered, I don't, I don't remember his name right off the bat, but again, it's I in, do. Oh, do you? Yeah, his his name was Camp. His last name. That must One be Walter camp. Walter Camp. Who? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. He's he's a father of football in this country. Mm-hmm. Okay. He got a response from Mr. Camp. Uh, which just, it set Mike on his ear. Um, he couldn't believe it. And I've noticed the programs in here in his scrapbook, all the games were following American collegiate rules. And it even states that. The scrapbooks also reveal some of the innovations that James Perkins Richardson brought to the game of football after establishing the state's first high school team. Well, I think that there's something else about on the football things. He developed a numbering system for the players. Yeah, he did. And then he he also, uh, then the way that the lineups should be, the schematic plays for the, the plays themselves. We have some paper was showing some plays on it that he wrote out. Yeah, and I they, these those things were displayed at Texas Sports Hall of Fame until we picked it up uh, last week. Wow, that's fascinating to have, you know, early plays. And, and you're saying numbering system, was were, were those jersey numbers then? Yeah, uh, well, I guess they, that's, and that was their position as well. He had it, had it like that, the play yeah. numbering system. He, he even, and, and there are in the scrapbook, there are even some written cheers he wrote. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what language he was using. It was brekka, brekka, brekka this, and, you know, but uh, <laughs> uh, nonetheless, 
his actual cheers that he had written and encouraged some of the uh, high school students at Ball to come out and cheer the games. So that was before... I think cheerleaders even came into being probably in 96 or 97, and he was doing it in 92. It, it was in 1892 that he wrote this, this yell, um, and it is B-R-E-K-E-K-E-K-E-X, and then C-O-A-X, the next word, C-O-A-X, and, I, and the, those are exclamation points. And then that B-R thing again, Ball High School, Ball High School, yellow and blue, rah, rah, boom. And uh, today, Ball High School is known as the Tornadoes. Is there any reference that you have to any sort of a nickname that, that they might have used? Uh, not seen anything referencing the tornadoes. It was just Ball High School, Ball High School. Everything says Ball High School. Football was a very rough game in the 1890s. In today's times, the NCAA, NFL, and UIL take many steps to improve player safety. Regulations in the 1800s were scarce. It wasn't until the early 1900s that serious steps were taken to reduce football violence. President Teddy Roosevelt initiated those precautions. Even the scoring system was different, as a touchdown was worth only four points at the time. There was one thing that was the same then as it is now, however, and that's that coaches insisted that players show up for practice. I did see an article in or a letter from grandfather to the players that said they had better show up for practice on at least one day of the week other than uh, other than the normal regular practice which was twice a week the only excuse would be hospitalization <laughs> and, and they said that there was plenty of that Later, it said a lot of the doctors and the drugstores were having thriving business from these people. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a rough game. Nobody had any protective equipment back then. It was um, it was it was quite a bit like rugby um, back right. then. And that's the reason why I guess they named themselves the Rugbies. Galveston Ball High School's first football teams formed by James Perkins Richardson in the early 1890s, were a popular attraction in the city based on news reports at the time. Within a few years following Galveston Ball establishing high school football in Texas, high schools in Houston, Dallas, and other places throughout Texas formed teams. Today, of course, high school football is one of the most popular events in Lone Star culture. I discussed the importance of Texas high school football with James Perkins Richardson's grandchildren, Jim and Valerie, and asked them to reflect on their family's contribution to high school football. They also reflected on their own memories of attending games while they were in high school. Here's another daily news, probably the Galveston Daily News, Thursday, 
November the 30th, 1893, the Rugby and high and Ball High School 11s will contest today for the football championship in the game to begin at 3 p.m. on the grounds of the Denver Resurvey. Uh, Colonel Sinclair has provided seats for the spectators to witness the game, uh, and, and a number of the fair sex will be on hand to encourage the contestants. They're even running extra trolley cars to the grounds to meet people. Well, so I guess that was very exciting for Galveston. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it sounds like it was a big planned community event, and that's, uh, that's only in the second year of Galveston High School mm-hmm. football. Right. So I guess Texas was really wanting to have high school football in this state. It has taken Texas over, too. When you see, uh, you know, what Friday Night Lights has become, do you reflect on on your family's role in it? And what what kind of runs through your mind if you you attend a game or you read about a game? Myself, personally... After I knew that my grandfather was back, I became a lot more interested, although I have a background of being cheerleaders for football teams, and that's what I I, used to do. I have pictures of it, too. (laughs) So I really like Texas football. I always have. My son played for Westlake High, and, of course, Westlake High became the champion of the state a couple of years in a row. And so uh, I guess unbeknownst to me, I have it in my veins. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And where, where did you, uh, where did you both go to high school? I started out in Houston. Junior high. And, and, and then, then we, we moved to, moved. we moved to, Gal- to Alpine high school. Okay. And yeah. that's, been way out in West Texas, and boy, that was a big, big change. But oh, that's yes, I graduated from high school there. They had six-man football, and everybody was just out there just as big as life and supporting every one of them they can. So it, it didn't was disappear. A, it was a big deal then. It really yeah. was. I, I was. I was about a well, almost two years behind this. So uh, I spent three years at Alpine High School, but I returned to Houston and graduated from Lamar in the same class Walter Fondren was in. Okay, wow. Uh, So my graduating class from Lamar was like 630 people. I didn't get to know them all. Right, right. It's It's a much bigger class than Alpine. Now, were either oh, yeah. of you... Oh, I'll say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there were 50 in the class at all times. So. Yes, uh, I graduated in the early 50s, uh, 50, 52. I graduated from Lamar in 54. And, and you mentioned that, that you, were, you were part of uh, cheerleading. What was high school cheerleading like um, for you back then in, in the early 50s? Well... I didn't think that we had a cheerleader leader. So I moved out to the, from Houston and became the cheerleader leader. And we had, we had a team of about five, five girls, no boys, uh, five girls. And I was on that team until I graduated from high school. 
um, and and so that's it. It was it, we kind of followed what the big schools did. Odessa was a big school, Odessa High School, and and we followed their leads. What they the chair leads and the whatever they did, we followed them. And I learned about football that way. <laughs> Nice. And and you both attended high school football games in high school. What what was the atmosphere like? What what do you remember uh, about what the games were like on Fridays? Fun. On Fridays, well, it, it was always excitement. We were ready to play and had a lot of fun. And then after the game, a lot of times some of the families would have a, a post-game play they'd have a party for us with pizza or something barbecue or whatever yeah and we yeah. and there'd always be something to go to afterwards so it was it was quite an exciting day and we had yeah. cheerleading and and in the high school before the game they had what did they call it jim <laughs> Assembly, an assembly. Well, that's an assembly. I know that, but I forgot what it's called. Is it pep rally? We called it. Yeah, well, yeah. Rally. It was a pep rally? Yeah, yeah. We used well, to have those. So in- it was a very important thing in the high school. We'd have a big bonfire and all all that bonfire yep. even. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I was at almost every game too. She was cheerleading, but I was in the band. I played a clarinet, so I was marching in the back. Was it different when you got to Lamar High School? What, what was what was different on Friday nights, or or was it was it very similar when when you got when you were in Houston? Well, for me, it was it was very different because uh, I got involved with a a pre-deb group. And I was doing different. I was, I was still going to the games. Believe me, I never missed a game. Uh, and it was fun and all that. But I didn't play in the band. Uh, I didn't march. I just went to the games with a bunch of friends uh, that I had to make pretty fast, as a matter of fact, because I was only there for one year. Um, but I, I loved Lamar and I loved their games. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it, but it was it was being so much larger. Uh, there wasn't the the close knit conviviality that there was in Alpine. Did you have anything else uh, that you wanted to add that you thought thought would be important? I was just going to say it. It is a, and this is probably off the subject slightly. It is a very very small world. Um. I was saying that I marched in the band at Alpine High School, and one of the one of the other local towns that we played high school football against was McCamey, Texas. And McCamey would come over to Alpine, Alpine would go to McCamey, and both of them, I marched in the band, and the lady that I ended up marrying back in 1977, of all things, was from McCamey. And so, and she marched in the band. So she and I actually could have met as early as the 1950s, but didn't. 
so it is it is a small world it is and and just um that's really interesting you know how your grandfather kind of started established what would become the tradition of friday nights in texas and there yep. there you and your wife are are taking parts in the events years before all of us and I mean, the it, interesting thing is how interested we were in football without knowing all of this at the time i had no idea that that grandfather was even interested in football at all and until our cousin in houston called me and said would you talk to this guy mike bynum about grandfather and i said sure and and that that got all of it started Thank you for listening to this episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by Town Play Suites, Waco Northeast. Come to Waco and visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. There are several great events held at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, which you can learn about on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame's social media channels on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame's official website, tshof.org. That's tshof.org. When you visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, be sure to book your stay at the Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a positive review on your favorite podcast app and share the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast with your family and friends.